Welcome to Throttled Up the Podcast, often imitated, never duplicated, your weekly home for the best in motorsports coverage. Even your grandpa talking about, man, that boy too cold. We don't sit on 24s, we don't ride on spinners. Welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast, and for some reason here on the Facebook Live feed, my camera is not updating, but we'll get that fixed here in just a second and make sure we get a good feed. Uh, but tonight here with us, we have Kent Robinson from the 7R uh, here with us tonight. And we are very excited to get the chance to talk with him about what he's been had, what he's had going on here in the offseason and coming off of a great year. So before we jump in here with Kent, let me bring up our first round of sponsors and thank them. And then we'll be right back. Race fans, In the Fast Lane Productions has rebranded itself as Dirt to Media. This is a huge win for us as race fans as they will be expanding their coverage to three local racetracks. For a mere $9.99 a month, you can choose between race action from Thunder Valley, Twin Cities Raceway Park, or Brownstown Speedway. But really, who can choose? So for only $13.99 per month, upgrade to the VIP membership and receive video from all three tracks. The only question I have left for you is, what are you doing? Get over to dirttomedia.tv and sign up today. Hey, Matt, what would you say is one of your most prized possessions? Oh, it has to be my racing T-shirts. And you've got an impressive collection. But I heard about a new place. P3RacingShirts.com is the one and only place offering genuine custom racing shirts with no minimum quantities. Their shirts are printed in full color using the latest technology and direct-to-garment printing. They have custom designs for several different car types and specialize in our favorite, Dirt track racing. That has to be great for the local driver. You don't have to buy all those up front. Absolutely, and they don't have to hold all that inventory at home. What did you say that was again? P3RacingShirts.com. Let's check them out. Octobilt Performance Differentials in Louisville, Kentucky, specializes in race, performance, and street differentials. Don't trust just anybody with your differential. Make sure it's someone who's a proven winner. Contact Mike Kessler today at 502-639-7886. Again, that's Mike Kessler at 502-639-7886. Octobilt Performance Differentials, a proven winner. Does your yard have a dead or dying tree threatening your house or property? Do you have an unsightly stump you're tired of mowing around? Have trees that need trimmed up against the house? If you answered yes to any of these questions, call our good friends at Kane's Tree Service. They're fully insured and offer free estimates. Call Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. Tree trimming? 
Tree removal, stump removal. Call our friends at Kane's Tree Service today at 812-344-5917. OCC Seamless Gutters is the only place to turn for new 6-inch seamless gutters, gutter repair, leaf guard systems, and gutter cleanouts. I mean it. Go outside right now, and if your gutters have trees growing out of them, call OCC. Let me give you a little hint. Schedule them for a time your wife is gone and take all the credit. OCC is fully insured and offers free estimates. Call them today at 812-592-7899 or visit their Facebook page at OCC Seamless Gutters. All right, and we are back here, but it looks like my cameras are still freezing up on me. Um, sitting good. Let's see what we can figure out here. I don't know what's going on with our cameras today. Let's see. Yeah, they're pretty froze there, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Them even now. All right, let me get them fixed here. Isn't technology great? It is when it works. I say we haven't had this problem ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> broke it. We blaming you? <laughs> Everybody needs one. Let's see. So at least get this up here. We'll get started, and then I will get my camera back because now it's gone. All right, Kent. I apologize, man. This is uh, not usually how we do things. Uh, rarity here. But uh, for some reason today, things haven't worked like it's I right. like they typically do. No so, problem. so Kent. First of all, I want to thank you for being on because, like I said, I am very, very excited to talk to you, and I'm a huge fan of you. Um, and what you do with the race team. But first of all, I want to start with what I ask every driver that comes in. How, how did you get involved in this, this crazy world of racing? I guess that's kind of a long story, but, uh, you know, we got started um, as being a fan with my whole family. My dad, uh, you know, was uh, um, a first and foremost a fan and then turned into a crew guy for multiple uh, sprint, car, uh, sprint car teams around around Bloomington in the area, Steve Kinzer being one of them. But um, I grew up watching all that and, and, you know, asked him when I was when I was 12 years old if I could go racing. So we got a – I'd been riding four-wheelers before then, and I said – he said, yeah, we'll, we'll go. And so I um, got on my four-wheeler, and we went to a county fair race and entered in a flat track race. And, oh, wow. Yep. And so that's how I came up with the number seven from that deal and, and uh, did that for a couple of years and went national racing with that and then – um, got hurt pretty bad when I was 14 years old, um, broke some bones on a, on a, on an ATV and decided to 
I think my mom actually made the decision <laughs> for me, said, you're, you're done with that. And so I uh, got in a roll cage uh, when I was 15, got in a bomber, and then uh, it was all downhill from there. And um, went through the street stock ranks and, and uh, started running Brownstown at that point a lot, you know, and um, then into modifieds and then to the late models. And I know you got a question, so I'm going to let you ask it. I'm not going to go there yet, but uh, how long did you run in the bomber? Uh, I ran a one year. Oh, yeah, did only yeah, one. Yeah, did you, so did you went yeah. right up to the the street stocks, which are now the super stocks. Yeah. So, so when I ran it, what I call a bomber, <clears throat> when we ran it was what I what you call a pure, pure stock, stock now. now. Yeah, yeah. I mean it has stock firewall. Gotcha. Um, built it to run pair again, putting it. When we came to Brownstown, we'd come to Brownstown just to to hope to make the race <laughs> back then. You know. Oh yeah, but that was it was uh, huge. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so then what'd you run the super stock or the street stock? And how many years did you run in that? Uh, ran it, uh, 2004 and five, just two years. Um, built a, started in a Hobbs car there, okay. had a Hobbs chassis we bought used and then, um, got a Matt Boatnik, uh, built us a fly by you and ran it in five and then, uh, went to the modified in 06. And then you went from modified up to the late model. Yeah. Ran mod four years, six, seven, eight, nine. And then in 2010 ran a mod and late model and then just went full-time late wow. model racing yep i guess the question he knew i was going to ask is uh you know from bloomington bloomington speedway right there what kept you from going to the sprint car side of, of the racing well i guess i referenced my mom there a minute ago that's probably oh <laughs> that's probably some of it she I, I i give the blame to her but i think my dad was behind the scenes on that because uh the danger i mean okay, yeah you know it's inherent with with all the motorsports but uh sprint cars is kind of next level as far as that goes so um, yeah, uh, I, I wanted to, I just, uh, I kind of got, I got headed the past and said, you're not doing that. Well, I had to ask that because when I did some research on you, you do say that your, your hero, your favorite driver of all time is Steve Kinzer. Yeah. And so this is where Matt and I have this huge debate. Cause I, I grew up going to Bloomington Speedway and I, I love sprint cars and Matt, I grew up going to Brownstown, yeah. so I'm a late model yeah, guy. Yeah. So we have this debate. So that was that was kind of mad. He's like, you know, this is this is a Bloomington guy that ended up in a late model, and I'm like, but Steve Kinzer's still his guy. <laughs> it so. is. It is. <laughs> no, he's. It had to be. You know, I mean, not not from our family ties and whatnot. It's just uh, just seeing him race so much and 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 hearing what he did throughout the years. I oh, had yeah. to be had to be a sprint car guy, but I'm. I am the wrong part of the country for sure. You know? <laughs> I mean, and and to talk about Steve for just a second, not only the success he had, but to consistently do it for the length of time he did is unbelievable. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, I I've had the the opportunity to 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 go up and down the road with with the late model series, World Outlaw Late Model Series, and it just gave me a total new respect of uh, of what you know, like Sammy Swindell and Steve Kinzer and guys yeah. that have done it for that long and, and the late model guys you know and have done it for that long and there's so many so many uh you know you, you don't you don't get to to be there at home when you want to be at so many times it it's uh it's a little crazy i don't if it wasn't for steve kinzer i don't know if the world of outlaw series would be where it's at you probably know, I not think he's carried that for many many you mm -hmm. know in the early years there he carried it oh, for sure and you know and it's funny you bring up that your mom and the you know not wanting to see you get hurt because i've told the story on here before but I took my wife, she never grew up around racing or anything, and I took her to the No Way Out probably two or three years ago, and, you know, our son had kind of started getting into it, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, if we could ever get him in a 410 sprint car, this is this this is them, this is what I'd want to see. Mm -hmm. 
I didn't get that out of my mouth, and one came off turn two and barrel rolled down the back, and she immediately looked at me and said, this is what you want to put him in? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I couldn't imagine. Not at yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah, a little scary. <laughs> so when you jump into the late model world, um, what were the goals starting out there as you, as you get into the late model? Well, I mean, we went into it pretty blind. I mean, we were – had dirt track experience, obviously, from the history I gave you, I guess. But um, we, we went in without any goals, I guess. You know, we just wanted to make the race car go around the racetrack because we didn't – there's so many differences between – I mean, you know the race procedures, you know all that, but as far as a modified to a late model, there's a lot of differences in the race car, in the in the dry sump oiling system and in the mechanical side of the race car. So we just wanted to um, build a race car that would – be competitive here locally and uh and kind of learn the learn the ranks of of uh the tire game and, and and setup wise and stuff like that and i think that's you know i put a master built car together there was my first car and i think that really um you know thanks to them back then it was it really helped me kind of take that next step earlier than i than i kind of expected and uh and taught me a lot right off the bat you know and that's um I think it's pretty cool too. You know, you talk about Masters built back then. You know, it's. I think it's pretty cool to see. You know, Don and Hudson coming back on board with Tater down there, and hopefully get to see what what they can do and kind of grow that place again. So yeah, I think everyone's kind of looking forward to that. Absolutely. So as you as you grow into that, when do you start taking the step that now I'm going to look at the national scene and and you know running with some World of Outlaw stuff and you know making the trip to the dream and the uh, the world 100 well that was or probably earlier than i expected when we first started because like i said we we started it and in 2010 started a really good year and um the race car was good and i mean i, I was kind of taken to it really and uh was getting comfortable and and uh, i think it was the eighth or ninth race that year in 2010 that i'd ever ran in the late model we went to eldora it was for the uh um was that Johnny the Johnny Appleseed? Johnny Appleseed. The, yeah, the one that's yeah. before the dream there and at the end of May and and we won a heat race and I'm like, this car just I don't even it's the best race car I ever had around there, you know, and, and uh start had to redrew like an eight or something. Started eighth in the feature and and uh lap ten, uh took the lead and uh, I mean it was just the I don't know why, honestly, looking back how good the race car was, we just hit it, you know, and that happens and and uh with like four to go, uh had a right front um lower a-frame break and went oh, straight no. straight in the wall leading it and so uh-huh. talk about heartbreak city yeah for sure but that gave me the confidence to go back um had no plans to go to the dream uh, but then we thought well we were so so good this weekend yeah, if so we hit we, it let's, yeah. let's see if we can do it again and so we went back for the dream uh the following week um you know a lot stiffer competition but didn't r- didn't run as well but we in our heat race we were we were running towards the back but uh um it was in the first heat race and that's back before we we had hot laps, and so the track wasn't near ready. Really anyway, slimy, yeah, super slimy. Got into contact with a guy, and uh, pretty much went head on in the wall again, and dislocated my shoulder, um, and that ended my um, 2010 season. Oh, so really? yeah, so I only got to run. I think I was 10, 10 late model races that year. Um, so coming back the next year, we we kind of had an idea, had a lot more time to prepare, and and uh, made a plan of what we were going to do, and you know, went from there. Did you race the modified over at Eldora? Had you had laps around Eldora? Oh yeah, late yeah, model? that was one of my, that's the reason we kind of we were comfortable going there with the late model because I had ran there so much. Um, we kind of knew what we were getting into, and it was one of my favorite tracks. Right on. 
How different is it at Eldora specifically between the modified and the late model? Well, I mean, just just speed wise. I mean, it's it's not any different. I have to say, as far as the track conditions, I mean, it's not that much different than racing the modified or late model at Brownstown. Really, it's just it's just the speed um, in the competition side. You know, one little mistake in the late model that was always what I I still say and always you know did it. Um, one small mistake in the late model, it's just like you you can't make up for it. You right. know what I mean? It's just like it's so competitive that um and and it's the same in the modifieds too to an extent but you can kind of over overcome it some of the mods but in the late model it's like yeah if you're off just a little bit it's hard to it's hard to come back from it and you know as you look at those races what what is the race that would be the dream for you to win now mm-hmm. yeah i mean world 100 has to be i mean it, it's cliche in some points you know but it uh um, you know, we, we were fortunate enough to win a track championship at Eldora and, and I've won, and I've won some races there in the mod and the late model, but, um, it's, it's, I took a liking to that track early in my career and, and, uh, it's something it just, I just love the, the speed of it and, and everything about it. So I'd have to say the, you know, the world 100, but, um, past that, I'd say that the Jackson 100, you know, well, I mean, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm a homer. I mean, I have to be and and grew up watching all those guys race there and, and uh, that'd be that'd be second on the list and you know I, I it always amazes me and it just shows what the world 100 means because even though the dream pays so much more any driver would take the world 100 over the dream if yeah. they can get it and it's weird because you know we we have this conversation even in in the pits and stuff it's like the dream almost draws more cars nowadays you know and and, and, yeah. it, and it has happened and it's the same field it's the same exact format it's the same race you don't even know when you're out there but it's something about the prestige of the world i guess yeah i, I think most drivers would obviously take that and again i think the jackson 100 you know for especially guys from indiana that's right there as well yeah. just as important so when you you know this is something i and i kind of told you before we got on here but you know probably where my respect uh for you comes from so strongly is the fact that you really are one of the last what i would call regional racers in the sense that you know you work a full-time job you know you don't have you you don't have a big team behind you multi-car team backing you you do it with your team of people Mm -hmm. and you still are competitive on the national stage everywhere you show up and and i think that you know is is a testament to how hard you work and the things you do. So how are you able to overcome some of that money and the, the power of some of those major teams? Well, I mean, I think a, a lot of it's, you know, by design. Um, and, and it's nothing I'm going to boast about, but it's it's been years in the making uh, to build a team that's that's been behind us. And it's and like I told you earlier, it's a complete team effort, you know. So it's, it's getting in line with the people that, not only fit your values, but, um, you know, fit into your, your everyday doing. So, um, won't dwell on that, but it's just, uh, it's to me, it's, it's just, uh, it's a total process. It just takes a long time. You know, I consider myself a veteran now at, at some level and, and <clears throat> just start to finish from not, not only the chassis and mechanical, the engines, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's knowing where, you know, everything is in your race shop and, and, being able to to enjoy it along the way um i think it you know it all there's just so many pieces to the puzzle to be honest i mean it's hard to 
it's hard to put your finger down on one thing and say this is it. But um, at the end of the day, we're 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 proud of it. And uh, to be able to go out there and just race with guys that that that's all they think about every day, and and uh, that's not all I think about. So you know what I mean? It's 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 makes me proud. How hard is it for you when you've got you know one of those big races coming up? Let's say the Dream or the World or Jackson. How hard is it for you that week or the week before, you know, that's coming up at work? I mean, because you, you got to be, well, yeah, you still got to be thinking. About <laughs> yeah, they, they know they go. I mean, I got, uh, you know, there's uh, three or four of us in the, you know, main management positions in my office that, that, uh, they know, they know what I do and what I love to do, you know, and, and uh, they know in those weeks are they see them on the calendar and they, they know, well, it's world week. <laughs> they probably know not to, not to really ask me to do anything, to be honest. They probably just like, <laughs> We'll just uh, wait till next week, cause yeah, it, it's tough, man. It's hard to manage all that, but but I do have a, a good support cast there, you know, with with my sister and my mother at the business, and my wife, and and uh, and then also all, all the all of our employees. They they understand what we what we enjoy to do, but we work hard to be able to do it. I was gonna say we're fans, and you know, when we know we're getting ready to go over to Eldora, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Monday and Tuesday we're we're horrible no at work because that's all we're thinking about. Yeah. So when can we get over there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't do real good at hiding it either. So, no, so you know, <laughs> we're going over the race, so you're you know, way more than us. It <laughs> it always amazes me drivers that fall in love with Eldora, and not that it's crazy, but you talk about the speed there. How how much faster does Eldora feel than you know, say a Brownstown things like that? A lot. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, there, there's no way to hide it. I mean, there's there's tracks that feel faster than Eldora. Um, Knoxville, Iowa would be one of them. Um, there's, I mean, and, and there's tracks that you're probably not even going as fast, I guess you'd say, in speed, but that feel faster. So, but um, I think Eldora, back to that, has a has a good mix of of the speed, but also raceability on it, and that's what, in my opinion, you know what I mean. Where um, you're very able to move around on it and and uh, race, but Brownstown, it's the same way. They're all I love them all. You know what I mean? You can't you can't get caught up on one thing about any of them. It just I, I love watching you guys when you take the green at Eldora because I've never been in a car, so I've never drove, and to watch you guys hit the gas coming off a of four and and the trust you have in your cars that I'm gonna barrel down here into one and I'm gonna I'm gonna set this thing up and I'm gonna turn it left and I'm gonna trust that it's gonna go. It just it blows my mind. Live for it. We live for it. <laughs> do you do you have time to look up at the uh, the big screen at Eldora? We've talked to what three or four people now, and they mm -hmm. all say that they. I can. don't know how those guys do that. So the first time I ever heard that was that we went to the uh, the uh, the first big screen I saw, and it wasn't even that long ago, but it was at the show me at, at Wheatland uh, mm -hmm. Lucas Oil Speedway, yeah. and they have it like right um, like it. The, in, it's in th in three and four, but like as you're going down the backstretch, you can look up and see it. And I'd heard people talk about that, you know, and I was out there and we went out in 2011 to race out there and, and I tried it once, you know, I was yeah. like, okay, uh, and I, pff, no, I thought I was going to die. I literally, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to, there's no way. And from then there's no, I never, I don't know how, I mean, I've tried Eldora and I've, I don't know, for some reason I'm, I'm giving me like, I get car sick or something. You know what I mean? I feel like oh, I'm going to wow. throw it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. It's crazy. I don't because, even, you know, they've I can't do the, it. That's the best spot or ever is that big, the big yeah. screen at Eldora. I, I like, take, how do you have time to look I've, up at that? And, yeah, I respect that. I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could. I yeah. Devin Gilpin was the first one that told us. Yeah. And he said, oh yeah, yeah, when I go through one and two, 
That's where I'll check where my whoever's behind me, what line they're running. I'm thinking they got I, they're better than me. I can barely keep it on the you know where I want on the dirt. You know what I mean? I'll be an, an up, upside down. I, I, I mean, I, I'm just sitting over there on the hillside, but I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. feel like I have enough time to check the video board and sitting up there. No. So yeah, I I would be right there with you. I, that is one that always boggles my mind as well. So so. Kent, before we go any farther, I do, because we've talked about, you know, that team that, that helps you, and we always want to give guys a chance to thank their sponsors and thank the team that helps them. So if you want to kind of, you know, give those guys a shout-out yeah. and thank them for everything they do. For sure. I mean, i got to thank, uh, I think first and foremost, my family, um, my wife. So, uh, uh, I mean, she lets me spend so much time in the shop away from – got an 18-, 19-month-old daughter now, and so – I got to thank her and my whole family, my mom and my sister. They're so supportive in everything we do and and uh, help us fund the team. So I got to thank them. And then uh, I guess next will be uh, MB Custom Race Cars, uh, Jimmy Mars and Chris. They're just great to deal with. They've been um, really, I think I can credit them to, to the turnaround in my late model career and, and the best racing year I've had last year. And NV Suspension, Integra Racing Shocks, uh, Kaiser Manufacturing, um, J. Dick and Racing's in racing engines um all-star performance you know all those guys on my car it's just jones oil racing products they're just it's uh it's just uh it's uh it's a team effort um you know we couldn't do it without a lot of those guys you want to get your guys that travel with you there and, and help you on the car or? yeah yeah jason palubicki he's been uh there for me for a long time and uh, he's been my full-time guy so it's you know me and him in the shop and and uh uh couldn't do it without him either and how much, when you're going into an off-season like this, how much adjustment are you looking to make on the car? You know, we talked before we got started about, you know, the PRI show and all the new technology that comes out. How quick are you to try something new? Or do you pretty well say, I like where I'm at, I'm going to hold there? Well, I mean, it's uh, it's it's about 50-50, I guess. I mean, you'd love to... It, buy into i guess if you had unlimited resources maybe <laughs> maybe i'd be i would have you know left with pretty much everything up there but right. um it is kind of a monkey see monkey do situation where you know if if uh, you kind of wait till you see someone using it that it's tried it out first and it's been proven um i'm not a, a big gimmick kind of guy so i wait till something's been proven um but i know that you don't want to you don't want to get lax and and get comfortable with where you're at because all your competitors are out there trying to find something that's bigger and better. So um, the show's great for that, being able to see all the new trick things, but uh, we'll wait a couple months and see what goes by the wayside and what's what's proven. Yeah, what what somebody straps on in you know March and then in April, they're, still, yeah, they're not running they're it anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. How much changes during the race season, like, you know, from, you know, when they start racing, you know, down in Florida and stuff, you know, in, in January and February, you know, to let's say mid-season, how much technology changes just through that in the race season? I mean, is it hard to keep up with that? Well, yeah. I mean, you never know, but, I mean, there's no reason to doubt that it's going to change even faster. I mean, this technology that's in our cell phones, it wasn't there oh, right two on. years ago. Right. So, I mean, uh, that's that's transferring down into the, the all forms of motorsports, but definitely dirt late models. So, um, you know, that's the reason I haven't, honestly, right now, I don't even have a race car. Um, and, you know, I, I got crashed there at Eldora so I haven't put one, uh, put one together since then so we're waiting uh, Jimmy Mars is going to um, Arizona here shortly he's going to leave in a few days I guess go out there and then run all that New Mexico and Arizona and then uh, go to Florida also and so I'm waiting 
to see uh, to see what they come back with, and you know what they'll learn down there, and and what's can can change in a two month time right now. Is, oh yeah, um, it's crazy. So is he kind of doing some testing for his chassis out there in Arizona? I'd say so. I mean, that's kind of what he he enjoys doing. Right. And, oh, yeah. and I mean, he loves racing and, and does it to for funds. Um, but um, he's also there to, to to try to get everyone better along the way. So, um, I think that's uh, what they're kind of going out there for to to see what they can learn and, and uh, bring that back for everyone else to kind of feed off of. How's that the dream the year he won? You know, that was a big shocker when he uh, no doubt he pulled his dream win. Yeah, out. a lot of people forget about it. It seems like, but oh yeah. And does it does it give you anxiety? Does it make you nervous to not have a car right now, or you're good with it? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Honestly, this it usually it came a little earlier this year because like reference back to uh, getting crashed there. But um, that usually you know if I, if that wouldn't happened, I probably would have went to Charlotte. Probably would have ran six or eight more races than I plan than I got to this year. Um, <clears throat> but probably went to, went to Charlotte, and then once we get cleaned up from down there, I. I like to say like the two weeks, three weeks following that, I just kind of forget about racing, to be honest. I kind of just go back into not just family mode because I don't think I ever leave that one, but back into just straight up business money making, just trying to get back on track mm-hmm. of what I need to get done. So You're making can, up for those, the world week. And yeah, the and, and, and Charlotte, yeah, the, the weeks yeah. that I did nothing. Right. Yeah. So so that's that came a little sooner than I expected this year. So, I mean, I haven't felt it yet. Um, it's been kind of nice to, to have a little break, you know, um, um, but I mean, there's so many other pieces of supporting equipment, you know, the haulers, the trailers, and just so many tools and, and piece, like I referenced the, the puzzle, you know, building this puzzle back together is, uh, it never stops. And so the race car is a small piece of it, honestly. And, and I got a race car up there. I mean, Jimmy, we can get one built in two weeks if we need. So, um, it's, uh, we'll, we'll figure that out. Speaking of the crash. We'll just put us at it. Is everything is all that behind you guys, or we got a you know, know round two coming? Or well, I don't know. I don't talk too much about it, you know. But right, haven't haven't really got anywhere with it. So uh, still pretty heartbroken, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, yeah, and uh, just uh, not not just financially, but it's uh, just disappointing. So uh, no, we're still where we where we were right now. And not to. Uh, not to jump in on another negative, but um, I have to bring this up because it's the wildest thing I've ever seen. And that was at the Hall of Fame race at Brownstown. You got a shower that you weren't expecting. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I saw it coming. Like that. They wanted me to pull. Yeah, I, I thought it. You know, it's always like a. You know, I've got to carry the flag, uh, American flag like once in my. Uh, other than that time, you know, yeah. I was like, all right, you know, quick time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. there I was like, you got your good throwback ch- car. Yeah, yeah. pretty good chance Dude. of winning this heat race. You know, pretty confident we might be able to run good in the feature. And well, there I carry the American flag. I was like, all right, you know, they're like, all right, just on the race They're like, yeah, just stop there on the front stretch. I was like, okay. There comes Jim, and I'm like, what's he doing? And I was thinking, what's he? Why is he even going to water the track, honestly? <laughs> and here he comes. I was like, okay, maybe he's watering like the like the outside bank. That that was his plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he turns the other one on. I was like, oh, he's you know he's shitting me or something now. And I and, and <laughs> no no no, it got close enough. And I so I saw I, at that point there was nothing I could do. I just closed my shield. 
and just sat there and cussed him. Honestly, yeah. 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 And then yeah. I mean, I was on. He top came of back this. and apologized. I mean, I know he didn't. He didn't even right. he didn't mean it. But that, I was, that's what he said. He thought he had the outside yes, sprayer on. Right, he had no right. idea he had that one on. Yeah, you know? it drenched me. But then the worst part, like it went somehow, it went like down the deck of my car and then <laughs> down the back of my suit. Oh, oh, oh yeah. No. And then you know the rest of the way down. Oh and yeah. Then I'm sitting in like a puddle of water racing. I'm like. <laughs> Swamp ass, you know. <laughs> well, every, everybody was anticipating like you were like, okay, he's just joking with him. He's gonna cut it off. That's what and I thought. You got closer and closer, and it's like, oh yeah, I could hear the fan. I could hear everyone. <laughs> oh and my then, god! And then people were hollering and screaming and yelling. <laughs> oh yeah, like mad. We were on the. I was up with Dirt to Media with Nerd, with Nathan Bowling on the sky deck, and and we watched him come the whole way out of the pit road, and we were the same way. We're like, he's gonna turn it off. Yeah, he's gonna turn it off. He'll turn it off. He's not gonna turn it off. I don't think he's turned. <laughs> and then yeah. it was like. Oh shit! He just he oh, yeah. so K Rob. Yeah, yeah. He came over and apologized, but I was and I was like looking for it. Got in behind my tear offs and shit. So I was trying to get him, trying to get him. So no, I didn't want to bring up a negative there, but that was just that was one of those that I've never seen before. And here you are, like I said, Hall of Fame throwback car, gonna carry the yeah, flag. Great night. It was going <laughs> everything awesome. was perfect. Was great. But I got to tell you, the the Doug Alt throwback car was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, was yeah. I'll awesome. give all that credit to to Kyle. He yeah. Kyle he planned all that. And uh, had that we made the sides up, sent them down to celery, and and uh, yeah, it was amazing. I didn't get to see it. I mean, until Kyle brought the sides back up, celery, lay, or you know, decaled them right there oh, on yeah. his bench, and uh, and uh, brought them back up. And that was something um, I was proud to do. You oh, know, yeah, I mean, cool. I, I, I didn't get to see Doug race a lot when I when I was coming up. I wasn't, you know, I mean, I was young enough that I didn't didn't uh, wonder around all that much but i was proud to do that and to see doug's face when we unveiled it was pretty cool so well, celery nailed it i mean it yeah. looked identical to that I know. car i mean yeah. it was beautiful that it was, was cool uh... so let's uh if if everybody watching right now would do a favor and go and share this interview um you can just click the share button in the bottom left hand corner to get it out there uh we're going to take a break here real quick to go to our second round of sponsors and we'll be right back with k-rob Gilpin Electric and Generator Services is a customer-first company that takes care of all your electric and generator needs. They're your go-to dealer, installer, and generator service company. Don't be stuck without power during severe weather this year. Contact Gilpin Electric and Generator Services on Facebook or call them at 812-953-1261. We've all heard horror stories about insurance companies and insurance agents. Let me tell you about my family's agent, Tommy Taylor. Tommy is an agent at Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance and is a multi-line agent that can keep all your insurance in one place. Why is a dedicated agent so important? When you have the unexpected occur, you'd much rather know the person on the other end of the phone. Contact info for Tommy, 812-372-4483 at extension 2447, or look him up on Facebook at Tommy Taylor, Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance. Don't be another horror story. Stop knocking on wood and relying on a 1-800 number. Trust Tommy Taylor today. Hey, give Brad at Brad Irwin Customs a call for bodies, interiors, fab work, setup, and consulting. With Brad Irwin Customs, you can stick them deeper. Call him today at 812-216-3900. And we are back here again with Kent Robinson of the 7R. So, um, Kent, looking ahead to next year, uh, what are the uh, what's the plans going forward? I guess there's no real concrete plans. I think uh, we're just going to be able to race um, 
I guess when it when it fits our schedule, you know, right now I kind of reference back to um, work and our business and our day to day. Right now we're we're just super busy, so um, uh, I don't really know. I, I haven't even put out a schedule. I haven't even been able to commit to anything. Um, having a lot of, a lot of opportunities with with our businesses um, that we don't want to uh, miss. Me, I say we. I mean me. You know what I mean. I don't want to be going for and and miss an opportunity to, to grow our business. So, um, I don't know, you know, I, I'm going to race. There's no doubt about it. I just don't know when my season will start and, and how much we're going to be able to do. And with that, when you go to sit down and look at a schedule and balance it, obviously with your business life, you know, how many races would be the the schedule you want to run how many races a year do you want to look to run it worked really well this year i mean i only got to run 35 um but like i said i think we got cut short about six or seven so i'd like to go about 40 um and that's counting you know three days at eldora and you know what i mean that's counting yeah. all those so that's kind of what i like to do to to enter uh to go on the racetrack 40 times i think that's 35 to 40 is kind of where it fits my schedule um and a lot of that has to to to, to deal with n not a lot of local tracks around here. So, other than Brownstown being an hour and a half from home, I mean the next closest track for me is Farmer City yeah, or Florence, and they're both about three hours. Um, so I mean for me to just go go Friday, race, come back home, work on Saturday doesn't work all that well. So I have to kind of pick and choose races that that uh, make sense as far as work, but then also that that I think I'm going to be able to run good at. So. Mm -hmm. So we, we choose to do a lot of bigger races because of that. And I, to bring up something else that happened this season, I believe you were involved, and I don't remember which race it was at Brownstown, the accident where you actually ended up with the car on top of your hood. That was cool, yeah. Yeah, I got ramped. And Oh, yeah. yeah. That was one of the wilder things I've seen as well because yeah. they literally we ended up craning everything off of you, and you drove off. I mean, you were – Yeah, the no, well – yeah, it was all body damage. It ripped the whole body. It destroyed the whole body. But yeah, that was a, that was a, just one of them deals. Really, you know, got turned around on the first corner of the, of, uh, the B main there, and and uh, play. You know, guys with nowhere to go, and and it was Austin Burns actually got. Yeah. You know, and then it, I thought we were gonna just like hit head on, but it just hit perfectly wrong where I was still spinning, and and uh, he ran. I saw the bottom of his race car when yeah. he went over me. I. And it was very scary at first. Yeah, oh, Once sure. we got like, over there to everybody and, you know, yeah. you guys were all okay. But it didn't, I mean, it's different perspective, you know. But, I mean, to me, I was like, I never, it wasn't, it was so, we were going 10, 15 miles an hour at that point. You right. Know? But, but I could tell when I got back and how my family, I mean, they were, like, scared, you know. And oh, I was, yeah. had to calm everybody down. I'm like, I'm fine, you know. <laughs> They're like, well, when someone, if a late model goes over another one, you're worried about what could have happened. So we were fortunate because it could have been way worse, but. I got out of there with no nothing but uh, uh, body damage, I guess. Yeah, it was it was just a, one of those again, one of those weird things that you don't typically see. But I happened to be in the infield that night, and I I walked over there with everybody, and it was yeah. When we watched it, it was one of those like you just never know what could have come out and yeah. and gotten to you inside the the car and and but everybody over there, everybody was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, everybody was healthy and yeah. fine and yeah. no just big a bunch deal. Of torn up equipment. Yeah, <laughs> the front of those late models though, the so aerodynamic anymore. Oh, I mean, it's, you, it's you, a scoop. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jonathan Rourke asked this question. This is a pretty good one. If Is there any track that you've not ran yet that you would really love to run? 
Um, uh, I would like to go to Port Royal, Pennsylvania. Um, just I know they've been making a lot of improvements there. Seem like a great staff, and a, and it's a big racetrack. That's what I favor, and uh, I think that's where I go if I could. And hopefully, we're hopefully we make it there next year. What's the track that, and I, I don't want to say you dislike, but what's the track that frustrates you or still you feel like you haven't gotten that figured out yet? Um, Brownstown, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, we raced there a lot, but I've just always been, it's from the first time I went there, I just, you know, I've never, it's, I don't know why, and I've thought about it for so long, and we've won some races there, and, you know, I've found success, and I enjoy going, but it's, uh, it's somewhere that's just always kind of been a thorn in my side. I just can never seem to, to get exactly a consistent setup, I guess, you know, and, and uh, that's, I just, I struggle there a lot. And I think there's a lot more drivers that say that about Brownstown than yeah, what people what would I think. I mean, yeah. it, it is a tough track it to is. figure no out. Doubt. No I, doubt. I don't know if there is a consistent setup. Maybe, maybe that's just it, you know. Uh, ask Devin. He seems to, you know, figure <laughs> something out. <laughs> If anybody's got it, he, he, no doubt. He'd ask him. he's got that figured out for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, you know, when you end up at, as a, as a guy that obviously we talked about being that regional guy, that's, that's, you know, running your team, when you show up and you're at the dream, you're at the world and you're racing against these top notch guys. Has there ever been, even when you first started, any fear or any thought, anxiety, or, you know, wow, I'm here, or was it always, I know I belong here? Well, I mean, I think that in the pit area, you sometimes get that anxiety or, or, or fear a little bit of, of, oh, my God, there went Scott, or, you know what I mean, when mm -hmm. he first started. And uh, still, I mean, he draws that kind of attention, a lot of those drivers do. But once you get on the racetrack, um, I don't, I never really felt that. Um I mean, I was there to just to to do the best I could possibly do without hindering anybody else at those big races. You know what I mean? Especially those kind of guys. I was there to 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 earn respect. You know what I mean? And and uh, and do the best I could do. So um, it all goes out the window. You know, everyone gets a little nervous, and if you don't, you got a problem. I think. You know, you get that anxiety. Still do. Um, sitting in the race car in the lineup, shoot at World 100, you never. But once you get out there. Um, it, the game changes and you're there to, to do your job and and uh, and uh, and have fun, you know, is the way I look at it. Once you're on the track, is it is it any different than, say, the Johnny Appleseed in the world once you're out there and you're racing? Do you yeah, still it feel is. it that it's? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, because under those cautions or, you know, definitely the wave lap, you look up and there's <laughs> the whole you know, that, that, that feeling is still nothing. I've still never felt anything like that, you know, looking up any, every, every world that I've, I've been fortunate enough to make and look up at during the wave lap and and see 20,000 plus oh, yeah. holding up their cell phone lights now you know it's just it's crazy i love it and, and you can really feel that energy down in the oh car from it absolutely really yeah absolutely i'm like dustin you know i've never drove anything no it's it's, it's there's nothing like that there's no other and i've never felt anything like that that's wild yeah that's very cool so <laughs> As you talk about, you know, some of we talked about Steve Kinzer. Who were some of those other heroes outside of Steve Kinzer that, that as you grew up, you know, you wanted to emulate in how you drove? Um, you know, I never was. I never really thought I'd be a race car driver. You know, I never really had aspirations to do that as a kid. You know, you hear some people say that they. I I mean, I played sports. I played three sports, all the way through, 
junior high school and, and then started taming back as I started racing. But I never really had plans to be a race car driver. Um, so Steve was, I mean, I love Steve Kinzer and hated Sammy, Sw- Sammy Swindell, <laughs> honestly. I mean, that's, that was, that's who I liked. <laughs> that and goes hand in hand. Yeah, yeah you had to. You, you kind of had to. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so, I mean, other than that, I mean, um, you know, around here was the O'Neills and, I mean, Petros. Uh, oh, yeah. I loved all them, you know, but um, – I never, you know, I never, I just, I would just love being a kid and, and, and playing in the dirt with my cars. I never really um, wanted to be, I never really thought I'd be one. So um, that's a, that's a weird question, honestly. You know, I don't know how to answer it. How, has any of the passion for it dropped off for you at all? No, it's just, I think it's just shifted and changed. You know, I mean, it used to be, I, you know, once I decided or, learned that I was pretty good at driving race cars I thought well I could do this you know and and uh it's just changed as the, as the years have went you know the biggest I guess uh kind of shocker to us was when my dad passed away over six years ago that kind of changed the direction where I was heading with my racing um and you know got me more Im- involved with the business um and it's just changed from enjoying just driving um to to learning how to enjoy the process is what I call it, you know, of, of getting everything ready to go to the racetrack and, and getting to the racetrack and working on the car and dealing with, you know what I mean? That's the process that I've learned to enjoy because in my position, if you, if you don't enjoy that side of it, you're not, I mean, we all want to race. We all love going around the racetrack as a driver. That's what we live for. That's the most fun mm-hmm. and everything else kind of is backseat to it. But if you don't enjoy that other side of it, then, then, I'm, I, I won't do it, you know what I mean? For the money that we're spending as a, as a hobby, the way I look at it, you know, I I could find some other stuff to do, you yeah. know, that I that I know I enjoy. So I've learned to enjoy that. And it's it's and it, it's still, you know, it's not always all fun, but it's uh <laughs> it's something I've learned to 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 and that's why I only want to race 35 to 40 times. You know what I mean? Because it is the process and the time that it takes to get to the track and all the behind the scenes stuff. And I think it's cool. As I've listened to you talk, you've said multiple times about having fun, enjoying it. You know, I think for a lot of guys, and, and I don't know if it's because you still work a full-time job and do that, I think for a lot of guys, that's the tough part is that mm-hmm. they get to the point to where it's, I just got to show up here and do this. And if you, when you're enjoying it and it still is that getaway or, or hobby, um, and you're having fun with it. I think that's that's the whole battle, is enjoying it. I agree, and it is battle. You're right. I mean, it is. I mean, because you know we're all there for the. It's it's not only you know the money that takes to do, to do it, but it's also the competition. So a lot yeah. of you know what I mean. We're all so competitive, and some people take competition different than others. But I mean, anytime you feel, I mean, it's it's a stress, you know, and so you feel that competition side of it that you want to. I mean, you want to run good, but running good is fun you know what i mean oh, so yeah. so that all goes hand in hand and find you know it's just a daily it's just figuring out how that fits into to your life and how to how to to, to tune that into to what you do day to day is where what i enjoy and when you when you don't run well and obviously i cry, <laughs> I cry <not. laughs> the whole way home I do. <laughs> but i mean even when you don't run well and obviously that's a huge disappointment do you find enjoyment later after you cry do you find enjoyment in okay now i've got a challenge to go attack to get better yeah that's the competition side of it and that's that's what drives us you know what i mean just like losing a football game and you know you practice harder during the week so um 
we all still feel that and that's that's what that i mean that that, that is the driver behind the behind the motorsports but um you just different way of looking at it you know and uh just finding enjoyment in every in every in every side of it so we've asked a lot of drivers this too and i'm curious do you do any of the i racing simulation type stuff i got a simulator but it just collects dust at the moment i i uh i got into it and i was so bad that i was kind of embarrassed to even continue <laughs> on my career and i go down there and just i just every like i don't know once a month maybe probably not even that but it i Maybe it was, I blame it on my setup. It wasn't good enough or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Even though I like didn't spare a dime on it, but it, uh, it wasn't good enough. So, um, no, I don't, I don't really get into much of it. Then you got those other eye racers, man. I just what you know, K Rob's ass tonight. Oh yeah. Know? Right. That's, I had to go under like an alias. So, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, do you think that, do you think it helps you it, even if you were doing it more, do you think it helps at all? I don't think it hurts. No. I mean, I've heard too many good stories and guys that had you know get their car dialed in and 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 they say that the changes that you make on it is so realistic it it does relate to what you do on on a, on a change on a real race car so i totally respect that and i mean i know there's been enough guys now that have pretty much made it professionally and from that deal so i mean i we talk about him all the time and you know he's a good friend of the show but Braden watson man watching him jump straight from i racing into a modified yeah. and in year two picking up three wins i mean you know it doesn't hurt. I mean, the, the, high, the hand-eye coordination and, and every bit of it. I mean, there's, it's the best you can get. It's a simulator. I mean, er, you know, fighter pilots do simulators. Right. I mean, they yeah. learn how to fly somehow. So absolutely, it's uh, it's somewhere to start. And I and I I think it's interesting too. And we some of the old school guys we've talked to, you know, they have no use for it. You got to have your butt in the seat. You got to feel it underneath you. And I, I do think there's that kind of crossover between it because I agree. I think you can get something from it. I mean. When I listened to Jeff Gordon one time in the NASCAR simulator and talking about Pocono, and he said he hit a bump, and he said, oh, my gosh. He said, that's the exact bump that I would try to hit to set up my next corner. And he felt it – well, not felt it, but in the through the steering wheel. And he's like, I can't believe how realistic this is. I mean, when he's sitting there and the guy's done it right for at the top of his game forever, and he's like, okay, now I can see how this would be really helpful. I mean, that's – it's got to help. I know. No doubt. I wish I, w I mean, I wish I was a little bit better at it and probably should off season training. It doesn't hurt. I'm sure. But that's something I just, well, it's another thing yeah. that takes away from your family. More, if more time, I guess. Yeah. If you're yep. down there. Yep. And you said you got a 19 month old little girl, which congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Yep. Baby lane. I got an 18 month old boy in there and he's wearing me out. Yep. Um, She's nonstop too. <laughs> I got a five year old and an 18 month old. The mm -hmm. five year old's easy. He's really good, but does it change anything because i've does it change any way you attack a racetrack or things like that knowing now that you've got that little girl at home i don't think it changes anything on the racetrack you know i mean I've, um uh, i don't think so definitely not consciously i mean maybe subconsciously but i don't think so um it changes the way i want to spend my time mm -hmm. that's for oh, sure yeah. i mean that's yeah. that goes without saying but um it's uh the, you know the best the the best part of my every single one of my days you know being able to see her so it's something I look forward to and and uh, I don't I wouldn't say, I mean it's changed my life for the better for sure but it's something that that uh, I'm looking forward to to growing every day with her. That's awesome. And does she is she even starting to wear liking being around the shop and the car oh, yeah. and yeah yeah she uh 
mom thinks it's danger zone, so she got it. She's she's running around, but she falls a lot. So mom doesn't like her down there too awful much yet. But uh, she she knows dad has race car and is always pointing to it. So I got you know a lot of stuff recorded on the DVR, and I put race cars on, and she's dad 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 dad, you know, <laughs> hollering. So it's uh, she's gonna grow up around it. I don't think I don't know if I ever want her in a driver's seat. I don't think that's that's gonna be <laughs> on, so you on kind of relive so. your mom's worries then right oh for sure now you oh, understand yeah, them oh, all. totally totally i already do yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we talked about that too but i'm i uh i don't think i'll ever maybe maybe a crew chief or something i don't know we'll, we'll, we'll shoot for that indy car team engineer there you something. go engineer yeah sit behind the computer <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah i uh i can understand it totally like i said it and alan my five-year-old had always been interested in it but once we started this show and drivers were coming in every week and and he gets to be around it now when we're in the pits at Brownstown. A lot of them know him, and he gets to go sit in their cars, and mm-hmm. he's ate up with it. My mother is like, no, no, my grandson's not racing a car. And I'm like, I know, but it, he really wants to. So, <laughs> But I get it, too, because yep. it happens. It, when my son was scary. born, he, he's 23 now, but when he was born, that's, I was like, man, I got a race car driver. you know. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I pushed and pushed when he was little, and he had no interest in motorsports. You know, he – he was, you know, he baseball player, basketball player, and you know, he went to college with baseball, and he'll show up and watch the races sometimes, but there's no yeah. interest there. Well, you know, I you really never thought, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, can't push it if they don't like it. You know, I introduced it to him, and he's no, nah, this ain't for me. You know. Well, I want to give you uh, one more chance here to kind of throw out those sponsors and everybody that helps you get there, um, because we're almost here at an hour, and uh, then we'll come back and finish up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. It's such a team sport, you know. I mean, I think that uh, I got to thank. Uh, I, I mentioned MV Suspension, but uh, they've been really a big support uh, to get me where I'm at in the last three years. They they do all the all the suspension setup, all the shock building, and uh, and consulting with my team. So me and Kirk Lowdy, the owner of MV, have been uh, hand in hand in that, and uh, really got to give him a, a big a big thank you for all he's done with me and. And uh, just everyone along the way, you know what I mean? Start to finish, we told, we said Master Built uh, to Daryl Landing and all the guys along the way, you know, that have taught me a lot about late models. I got to thank them and and uh, and all the all the fans too, all you guys, you know, that that set up deals like this. This is cool and and being able to to get out and uh, and just answer questions from from everybody and kind of kind of give our side of the of all a little bit of a story we are, you know, and and uh, something that that I'm uh, always more than more than happy to do. So I got to thank you guys. Well, Ken, and I, I want to say it again. I'm a, I'm a huge fan, first of all, but um, this is this is pretty special for me that to get you over here and do this because, like I said, we're big fans. We we love watching your race. There's nothing better. Even my wife, who my wife is not like I said, she didn't grow up around racing, but she's she's getting more and more involved. And you know, this year when we stayed home to watch the world and getting to see you when she heard Kent Robinson, she's like, he runs at Brownstown. And so immediately, yeah. you know, getting to see you, them talking to you and, and talking about you. Um, it's pretty special to see a guy like you do what you do. So I wish you the absolute best in next year and know that we'll always be pulling for you and supporting you. I appreciate that, man. I'm proud to be an in Indiana Hoosier, you know, that's where we're from. And so that's uh, I'm a proud to support this state and you know go over and and try to race for a lot of money and and uh, on the big stages and and then come back to brownstown and, and have fun with with all of our family around so we're proud 
All right, guys, and this uh, tonight's episode will be our last episode here for uh, 2019. We will be uh, taking off the holidays here, but back in 2020, um, be looking for an announcement. Our uh, next show uh, will be the guys from Masters Belt, uh, Tater, Don, and Hudson will be on uh, first part of January. So we'll be getting that date out here pretty soon and making that announcement. But again, Thanks to Kent Robinson for making the trip over from Bloomington um, and all the best of luck going into this season. P3 Graphics is one of Indiana's premier suppliers for motorsports wraps and apparel. P3 Graphics offers great pricing along with some of the best customer service in the industry. Give them a try on your next project and you won't be sorry. You can contact them via email, phone, or on Facebook on the P3 Graphics page. To find out more, go to wwwp 3 G-R-A-P-H-I-X.com. Again, that's www.p3graphics.com. Billy Badfast Performance is your local dealer for Velocita racing gear, custom and off-the-shelf suits, shoes, gloves, crew shirts, and custom tent canopies. Also, Zamp racing equipment, which includes helmets and neck restraints, Double H fabrication, front and rear bumpers, door bars, and T-bars. When you're one of the guys at the track that's bad fast and you want to look great doing it, give us a call at Billy Bad Fast Performance, 502-517-9393. Also, look for Billy Bad Fast Performance on Facebook and Twitter. Schaefer Photo and Custom Tee is the place for any race fan to get racing memorabilia. Mark and Jamie Schaefer will work to make whatever custom photo product you would like, from prints, keychains, magnets, buttons, and much more, Stop by the Schaefer Photo and Custom Tea Booth and let Bronze Bobby know what they can do for you. Miller's Termite and Pest Control is the only place you need to look for pest control. Don't get roped into contracts or high prices with the big companies. Reach out to someone who cares about you. They can handle any problem from termites, bed bugs, ants, spiders, etc. They also do lawn care. Where else can you keep the bugs out of your house and your yard looking sharp? Reach out to them today on Facebook at Miller's Termite and Pest Control. Email at pest underscore in underscore peace at yahoo.com or by phone at 812-767-5657.